Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Mary. We're two best friends who've known each other since we were five. Now we're 30, and we are thirsty for information. And hungry for knowledge. Join us every week as we explore two topics. Everything from organs to orgies, and so much more. Subscribe to our podcast to learn along with us. We promise we'll have a good time. So, it's February, Lauren, uh, as you know, and probably... Did you just call it February? Yeah, I I should start over. (laughs) (laughs) I, um... Um, okay. I was like, let's enunciate just that word for once, and it didn't come out right. No. And it didn't even come out correctly. All right. Um, now I'm not going to be able to say it. It's February. Um, I can't say it anymore. So. Okay, it's Feb. <laughs> so it's Feb and it's Black History Month. And in order to celebrate, we've chosen two black females from history to talk about today. The first is Daisy Bates. And the second is Flo Kennedy. All right. Daisy Bates, why did you pick her? I chose her because I... (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this. Me neither. The problem is... We've had it. We've both had traumatic weeks and it seems to be manifesting itself in our podcast. The problem is this is not a funny subject. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't laugh at that. Like, none of this is funny but like our new thing is to like be fun and funny (laughs) this isn't gonna be funny we're just gonna let it ride all right we're gonna let it ride we're just gonna talk about this woman's life okay so daisy bates i chose because she was behind the scenes uh of the riddle little rock nine (laughs) riddle the riddle riddle dot nine So I chose Daisy Bates because she was behind the scenes. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing like nine bridge trolls. Like you've reached the Riddle Rock Nine. Answer me these riddles nine. (laughs) Two. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's try this for a fiftieth time. So I chose Daisy Bates because she was behind the scenes at the Little Rock Nine, and I thought her story was. Uh, little known at least i haven't heard about her her part in um making desegregation happen in the south nor have i so we will both learn today so when daisy bates now she was born in 1914 thank you i was gonna ask for that she died in 1999 wow uh so when she was she didn't even get to experience the millennium bug she did not she did not experience Y2K. Y2K. <laughs> uh, it's for the best. So Daisy's childhood made a huge impact on her and her actions going forward. Um, hmm. When she was just, when she was very young, um, her mother was raped and murdered by- Oh my God. By three white men. Oh my God wow yes so that's awful how young was she i believe she was three or so oh jeez! at least hopefully too young to really she didn't re- really recognize much? what happened okay she Thank god yeah she grew up in, in foster homes um and didn't really understand what happened to her mother until later um 
Ugh. Yes, but when she did, she became really, really angry, developed this hatred, um, and she she it manifested in in her work um, against discrimination later. That's great that she can channel that. Yeah, she did, and um, she recognized that you know she could have done much worse with it. She felt you know at first it was like she really just had this deep hatred and she was kind of through like people she met and other family members they kind of said like it's okay to be to hate but you can't you know make it make that define you very wise yes so when she was 15 she met Mm. her future husband who she married when she was 17 wow and they traveled through the south they ended up in little rock arkansas and they started their own newspaper, the Arkansas State Press. Cool. Yeah. So this was... Wait, I'm sorry. Is she still like 17 starting a newspaper? Yes. So I guess he had... What the fuck have we done? <laughs> Nothing. We started this wow, podcast. Wow, good for her. Yeah. At 30. <laughs> um, so this was the one of the only African-American newspapers dedicated to the civil rights movement. Oh, wow. Cool. Yep. And it was circulated throughout the state... Um, she contributed to articles. She was also an editor. And in the 50s, the Supreme Court ruled segregation in schools unconstitutional. But as you know, so, uh, it wasn't as easy as just saying, oh, hey, the Supreme Court says we have to, uh, desegregate schools. Um, it really... They were like... Let's do some workarounds with busing. Yeah, yeah. There, and every really in Little Rock, especially the white community was opposed, and they had a lot of pushback. It was very difficult to actually implement desegregation. Mm-hmm. So, what she did was how old is she at this point? I don't know. Nineteen fifty-seven. Okay, so she's in her. 40s so she joined the NAACP um, in Arkansas which started focusing on schools in Arkansas and she took the reins and organized the Little Rock Nine so she selected nine students to integrate into Central High School in Little Rock um, in 57 and so was this whole thing her idea I don't know if it was her idea but or she just um like was like a chief organizer chief organizer she really just felt strongly about it and Mm. that guided her decision to you know do really kind of the the in the weeds aspect of this she was driving the students to school okay organizing with their parents when they should arrive um Mm -hmm. all that stuff she advised the group um and then she ended up joining the school's parent teacher organization so Hmm. that she could really be integrated into this whole project so it was like really having a member of the NAACP as a part of of this so she was able to integrate herself into the school and the community and really guide these kids through this insane process um she thought of an idea Um, to have ministers escort the children so two in front of the children two behind she thought they would Mm -hmm. it would help to protect them because like who's gonna like you know like 
punch a priest in the face, right? You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I don't know. Um, but the just kind of the <laughs> the overall representation of having like priests at the forefront of this is like you know a morality play and like mm-hmm. oh hey look this you know yeah no it's really smart it's really smart um, and yeah so she really had to ingrain herself into this entire situation but by doing that she was a major target she had Mm. rocks thrown into her home she received bullet shells in the mail oh my god um there were threats against the newspaper which she was still running at the time um a lot of advertising budget was pulled they ended up having to shut it down um Mm. she said um the following about this whole situation As president of the NAACP State Conference of Branches and as the publicized leader of the integration movement in Arkansas, I was singled out for special treatment. Two flaming crosses were burned on our property. The first, a six-foot gasoline-soaked structure, was stuck onto our front lawn after dusk. At the base of the cross was scrawled, Go Back to Africa, KKK. The second... What the fuck? I know. The second was placed against the front of our house lit and the flames began to catch fortunately the fire was discovered by a neighbor and we extinguished it before any serious damage had been done and at this point her home is kind of the organization headquarters um Mm. she was using it for meetings so again major target um she interacted with martin luther king jr Um, he sent a telegram to her regarding the little rock nine um his purpose was to encourage her he said you know continue to adhere rigorously to a way of nonviolence, despite being terrorized stoned, and threatened by ruthless mobs that's really hard yeah easier said than done i don't think i would (laughs) listen to that (laughs) so she is a better better human than i am yeah um so again she really took all of this very personally because Mm. that i mean we know about her past experience her mother and she she just was one of those kind of selfless people um Mm -hmm. who was completely invaluable in the little little rock nine (laughs) integration um so it was considered a success um yeah yeah she then just continued afterwards to improve on the status of african americans in the south um she was published in um she has her own kind of memoirs um she was invited to sit on the stage during the program at the march on washington in 63 Oh, oh so she died in um 1999 but she has her own day. Uh, wow. The third Monday in February is... Why don't we know about it? That's crazy. Daisy Gatson Bates people. Day. <laughs> and oh, my God. She was posthumously awarded the Medal of Freedom in 1999. Wow. She's really amazing. She's really amazing. Just, uh, you know, they, she's considered a journalist, civil rights activist, and mm-hmm. she just withstood so much intimidation in order to to integrate public schools her most notable um achievement 
it's really crazy how little we learn about African-American history. Truly wild to me. I know. Like, I learned about Black Wall Street and, you know, the Tulsa riots and stuff in my adult life. Mm -hmm. All of these, you know, Ruby Bridges, whatever. Like, we don't, we don't have a, we don't, we weren't taught this in school at all on any level. We were like, MLK was a great guy. (laughs) Yeah, we were like, there were these things called Black Panthers. Civil rights were important. There was segregation. And then now world peace has been achieved. Yeah, it's it's over now. Uh, It's over. Problem solved. Yeah. True. It's hard to get the full picture in schools about anything. It's hard to get even a little picture. (laughs) True. Yeah. Remember remember learning about Thanksgiving? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And everyone I mean, was friends and turkey. The whitewashing. <laughs> the whitewashing is outrageous. I know. I know. So that's uh, Daisy well. Bates. Are you ready to take a cool. break? We're back. Coming at you fresh after a boop. Fresh after a boop. My boop was kind of in the lower... Octave. Yeah, it was. We're normally like high range boopers, but you did kind of like a beautiful harmonizing um, alto boop. Just leave it to me, Lauren, to what make a fun our surprise <laughs> boops melodical. The melodies. Mm. Yes, and you were the one who looked up composers. Good. Great, 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 great. <laughs> okay, so we're here. We're here. We're back, and we're gonna be learning about. Flo Kennedy. Flo Kennedy. Short for, short for Florence with a Y, which is way cooler. Florence with a Y? Where you even put the Y? Where the E was. Florence. All right. I accept it. You better. Um, so she's super cool. She's a lawyer, feminist, civil rights activist. She is amazing. You look her up and she is like her signature is she's always photographed in this cowboy hat smiling just with her middle finger in the air oh yeah, she's a baller we love her yeah just smiling you know love it (laughs) she was also known for like these big pink sunglasses and her super fake eyelashes and she was just (laughs) fabulous all around just a great person um she was born february 11th 1916 so we recently celebrated the anniversary of her birth and she died in december 21 2000 so she did make it to the y2k bug oh she did she made it through just like all of us yeah just like all of us (laughs) um you know after the great depression segregation the y2k bug it was hard it was a hard time it was hard um so she was born in kansas city missouri she had uh, a great childhood despite poverty and being raised during the depression um but there was, you know, obviously a lot of racism in the neighborhood. The KKK tried to drive her family out, and her dad would, like, carry around a shotgun all the time. Oh, my God. So, you know, that leaves an impact on you. But she was kind of like, I feel great. Like, her family raised her really well and gave her all this self-confidence. And she was like, if those people don't see it, fuck them. Um, she's known for being loudmouth, brassy, awesome. Uh, she graduated the top of her class from high school. Ooh, she's smart, then, too. Yeah. Then her and her sister Grace, G R A Y C E. I love the Y's. And honest, no, Mary, I love the Y's too. It's a fun letter. Is it a vowel? Um, Is it a consonant? We don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So her and her sister moved to Harlem. Uh, she Harlem was like H A R L Y M. No, <laughs> just regular Harlem. Oh, okay. Um, and she was like, "Listen, I didn't move to New York for the schools, but the schools were there, so I decided to go." So she applied to Columbia, <laughs> just because she's a badass. She's like, I can walk. Uh, she right? was, yeah. Uh, she was rejected. The dean rejected her because she was a woman, but she was like. I don't care if it's because I'm a woman or because I'm black. Like, it feels the same to me, and that's not okay. Um, so, she, I mean, it's like most likely it was racially motivated, but they just told her it was because she was a woman. Um, she threatened to sue them, and then she was admitted to the school. What? She was the only black person in her class, and in her class there were only eight women. So, you know, could have been both. Whoa. Um, she graduated Columbia Law School in 1951 opened her own law office. It didn't do so well, uh, but she partnered with a lawyer who worked for Billie Holiday. Uh, she also dabbled in some acting. She worked. She had a role alongside Morgan Freeman. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. She did a little of everything. Um, and then in 1965, she was stopped by police outside of her apartment. She had moved to 48th and 5th, uh, so Midtown. And they didn't think a black person could live there so she was arrested Whoa. and then she started to really focus on combating discrimination and making that her focus even though she always had been involved in you know making a case for herself and helping out the underdog and stuff like that so her activism is also very focused on intersectionality you know how discrimination kind of hurts all minorities and the system is inherently racist classist sexist and the Makeup of all those things is what really influenced her. Um, so she takes on more cases involving civil rights and feminism. She attended uh, the Black Power Conferences. She held salons and workshops and gave people a space to dialogue and strategize. She protested the Miss America pageant and then represented those arrested. It was a very famous protest in 1968. Oh, wow. I need to look into this. Yeah. Uh <laughs> In the 70s, she was traveling and lecturing with Gloria Steinem, making up to $3,500 a lecture. Nice. Yeah. Ladies um, get paid. Getting paid. Ladies get paid. Uh. Um, uh, and people would ask if they were lesbians, and she'd just look at them and go, are you my alternative? <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Uh in 1971, she founded the Feminist Party, uh, who nominated Shirley Chisholm for president. Oh, you know, our girl. Our girl, Cheryl. For listeners, before we started recording podcasts, uh, we had looked up a couple of awesome, badass black women that we hadn't heard of or hadn't heard enough of. Um, one of them was Shirley Chisholm, who was an awesome congresswoman, a uh, black congresswoman from New York. And she ran. She was the first black woman to run for president. Um yeah, so then she she also did a lot of work on she worked on this class action lawsuit repealing New York's really strict abortion laws. Uh, she was one of the first to use in the case women who suffered from illegal abortions instead of just relying on physician testimony. Uh, and then that that uh, tactic was used successfully later on in Roe v. Wade. So she really paved the way for like major major wow. landmark case. Um, and then I, 
first looked her up because I read about this, and it really piqued my interest. Okay. So in 1973, um, there she helped a bunch of women and led them in protesting against there was a lack of female female bathrooms at Harvard. Um, <laughs> so she let females female bathrooms. <laughs> there was a lack of female ba- female bathrooms. Um, she led a pee in. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, sort of. Uh, they had fake urine, but they would pour jars of it on like the steps to this lecture hall until they were granted bathrooms. Oh my god! Yeah. So you can't she get was your own a- bathroom. Just pee everywhere. It fucking worked. She was just a loudmouth, fiery woman who had a house on Fire Island. Who just worked her whole life for just like various causes that would pop up around her and she would just champion them. You know, civil rights and feminism really just, she was one of the the spearheads of just bringing those two causes together. Again, intersectionality. And just really, really did a lot for the movement. Wow. Uh, she also wrote a bunch of books. Uh, she's pretty cool. Uh, there's a biopic on her. She was recently played by Niecy Nash in the FX series Mrs. America. Um, I didn't see it, but I heard it was great. Um, oh, okay. And just that. if you look her up, she looks so cool. She's such a cool lady. I'm like, damn, I wonder if I was ever on the subway. With- oh, I guess she died in 2000. I wasn't in New so York until no. much later. <laughs> so no. <laughs> but that's that's the gist of it. Pretty cool stuff. She's very cool. She has some very fun dynamic. quotes, too. Give me a fun Yeah, quote. she was like. Gloria Steinem said something about her. Um, Like, she was the one who said, like, if it's not fun, if it's not engaging, like, it's not worth doing. So she was just, like, always down to make everything a good time, make sure everything was having high impact, high, you know, octane, whatever. Just a real real fiery force. And then also she said something like, people are always like, like, you're so interesting or, like, you're so great or something. She's just like... I'm just, like, out here living my life. My question is, like, why aren't people more like me? She's like, I didn't realize I was doing anything extraordinary. Like, y'all are some lazy shits. <laughs> I'm just having And I fun. was like, yes! <laughs> Delightful. Cool. All right, well, that's it for us today because we're emotionally exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't do anymore. I'm fucking done. We can't do anymore. We can't talk. We can't speak. We can't. Those See, are the same exactly thing. what I'm talking about. We can't. Ah, we just can't. That's the only thing we can do. <laughs> we can't do it. All right, let's sign off so, you know, okay. everyone Wait. understands where we're at. Yeah, all right. Good night. Good night. Leave us Leave, leave us, us alone. Please, please leave us alone. Leave us alone, but please DM us. Okay. Have a great night. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Listen to Learning with Lauren and Mary wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's a topic you're interested in learning about, email us at learning at laurenandmary.com. Or find us on Instagram at learning with Lauren and Mary.